Today, Hunter Biden's plea deal hearing does not go as planned. Whistleblowers tell Congress aliens exist. And Mitch McConnell appears to have a medical event happen in the middle of a press conference. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal for federal tax crimes took an unexpected turn today when the judge began raising some questions about what she called unusual circumstances surrounding the deal. According to federal judge Mary Ellen Norica, the diversion program clause of the deal contains some non-standard terms, such as broad immunity from other potential charges. And when asked if Hunter was currently under active investigation for other charges, federal prosecutors told the judge that that yes, he is, but we're tight-lipped on what those charges might be. In fact, federal prosecutor Leo Wise told the judge there is no deal if the understanding was that the investigation into Hunter Biden was over. Now, ultimately, because of the confusion and varying interpretations regarding the scope of the deal, the hearing ended with Hunter pleading not guilty for the time being, as the judge told his defense attorneys and the prosecutors to discuss and ensure they were on the same page. But it doesn't appear the judge will be as forgiving as the rest of the DOJ has been. And when asked about the case, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre insisted that Hunter is a private citizen and the case was handled independently. Sure, Jan, watch. Now, I know many people have been following the news in Delaware today and have and we're going to have a lot of questions. And so here's what I'll say at the top before I turn it over to uh, my colleague, the Admiral. Hunter Biden is a private citizen and this was a personal matter for him. As we have said, the president, the first lady, they love their son and they support him as he continues to rebuild his life. This case was handled independently, as all of you know, by the Justice Department under the leadership of a prosecutor appointed by the former president, President Trump. So for anything further, as you know, and we've been very consistent from here, I'd refer you to the Department of Justice and to Hunter's representatives, uh, who is his legal team, obviously, who can address any of your questions. A private citizen completely unconnected to any official White House matters, right? A private citizen who certainly didn't make millions selling his father's vice presidential influence. A private citizen who doesn't get any preferential treatment. No. <laughs> Well, in other Hunter Biden news, you may recall his career change into a budding new artist, in some instances selling art pieces for up to $500,000 a pop. And despite a White House team of lawyers analyzing the sales and claiming the purchasers were definitely kept anonymous, curiously, one of Hunter's art buyers is reported to be big Democrat donor and real estate investor Elizabeth Naftali. And since the purchase, not only has she visited the White House 13 times in 18 months, she was also appointed to the very prestigious Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad Board by Hunter's daddy. Does that sound to you like a deal just a regular old private citizen could set up and financially profit from? Hmm, I wonder. Here to discuss this and more, we have Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program. Also, his first time on the show, we are so excited to have Larry Alex Taunton. He is, of course, author and host of the Ideas Have Consequences podcast, and he looks rather dashing in white. Well, thank you so much. It, it goes with my white hair. <laughs> it, it does. Um, so this is just... <laughs> How do I look? I mean, good gosh. So great in your T-shirt. 
I mean, I guess I'll say he wore sleeves this week for me. Last it's year he was sleeveless. It's an upgrade. He was sleeveless. You know, if, if, if I'm on the show as often as he is, then you know, maybe by about the there third appearance, then I'll, there I'll you go. be a t-shirt. Okay. You'll get, a, you'll get, cool. you'll get too comfortable. <laughs> is what you're saying. Um, I mean, this is just incredible to me that we. It's just like another thing drops every day now for Hunter Biden. And I mean, I think that as much as Corinne Jean-Pierre yeah. tries to, st- he's just a private citizen. This is completely unrelated to Joe. It's all related to Joe. Yeah. This is what this is about is Joe Biden. And that's what pisses me off about this a lot. And I, and her, her statement there, absolutely ridiculous. How many times has it changed? One was he, he, never, he never spoke to you know, right. his son about right. his business deals. Now it was he was not in business with mm-hmm. his, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. But she was like, yeah, we'll just direct your question to the DOJ. Okay, so the same DOJ that made this deal with Hunter Biden's people to start with. The irregularities that she was talking about, she had actually, the, watching this was just incredible. Uh, she said some of those irregularities were deferring a gun deal, read, def- defer, read, dismiss. Mm-hmm. Why did you link that gun deal with a couple of tax crimes? That doesn't really make sense, does it? Well, no, Judge, it doesn't make sense <laughs> right, at all. Right, right. Um, also, the same DOJ that sealed this, uh, um, this um, agreement, this mm-hmm, plea deal, mm-hmm. why was it sealed? Well, because today we find out that, oh, well, they were asking for blanket immunity. Mm -hmm. Gee, from what crimes? Well, she said from 2014 through 2019. That was in the the plea deal. What was happening during that time? Hmm. Burisma, Ukraine, CEFC in China. All those things were happening during that time. We also found out that FARA, you know, foreign agent, that might be part of this as well. Now, if you go down that rabbit hole, you're going down the rabbit hole of, well, why was he uh, named, should be named a, fa- a foreign agent? Oh, because he was doing deals in Ukraine and it involved the government in getting rid of a prosecutor named Victor Shokin. Oh, dad which is Bi- implicated. Which Biden bragged about. Right. Which he bragged right. about. On camera, publicly bragged about it. And which FBI, uh, FD 1023 said yep. that he was actually making calls. He was actually paid. Joe Biden was actually paid $5 million plus Hunter $5 million to make sure that that got done. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a rabbit hole that will continue to go down, but today was an extremely big day. Yeah. Well, I love that the the art gallery said, we keep the names of the purchasers of this art. We keep it private. Mm -hmm. The implication being, Joe Biden had no idea that the woman that he appointed to this this prestigious committee had purchased, just so happens, she had purchased a piece of crap art from his son (laughs) for 500,000. Zero connection there, none whatsoever. Just Just, a coincidence, Just a complete coincidence. <laughs> you know, they don't they don't know how to the Bidens. I don't think don't know. They don't, I, I, I truly think that they're like, well, what's going on? What's the big deal? Right. They, they don't know that this is a big deal. They've been in this corruption scheme for it, it, Has Joe ever had a real job? No. I don't think, has he? He's been career politician. So. They've been doing this since the beginning. I'm sure mm-hmm. they are one of the most corrupt political families probably in our history. And they're brazen about it. And yes. They, they're brazen because I seriously don't think they, they don't see anything wrong with it. They're just yeah. like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's the thing that gets me is that even to this day, their arrogance is just unprecedented. You see Hunter uh, showing up on the, what, the day that we learn about this plea deal, uh, about the existence of the plea deal and all of these charges, he's showing up at state dinners 
gallivanting around with all of these foreign leaders that we're hearing that he's made he's made deals with in the past. Um, even to this day, we see that he's still a pair. I mean, look again, I'm sure it's a coincidence that this same person who bought his art is also getting appointed to boards. But like that sure sounds like influence peddling to me that he's doing literally to this day, because much like the Clinton family, they're so arrogant about it. They've been getting away with it for so long that they don't even care anymore. I don't think. Well, in the 13 visits to the White House all coincidentally came after the purchase of the art. Right, yeah. right. All came after the purchase of the art. Wow, I mean, the, the, the coincidences just keep piling up. They do, they do. There were uh, the big guy coincidence. Surely they weren't referring to Joe, I'm sure. I mean, there are a lot of coincidences in Joe and Hunter's Well, I want to know is when will the investigation begin into bad art? <laughs> um, you know, that he, I, it's, it's incredible to me. He sold over a million dollars worth of his art mm -hmm. and he's still labeled as a you know as an amateur and yet people are going into these galleries and going I have to have that piece I I need that on on my wall in the salon I mean and they're willing to shell out all this this big <laughs> big money for it knowing full well of course that it's going to get them favorable um, treatment from the Biden White House yeah um, I want to I want to switch gears here and um, talk about the really, really strange moment that Mitch McConnell had earlier today. Saw your tweet about that. It, it is very troubling. I thought it was Biden for a minute. I, I mean, re like, really, yes. I, I want to talk about the state of all of the people who are making uh, decisions for this entire country, and I'm, maybe we should talk about term limits. Um, so here is Mitch McConnell. He's in the middle of a press conference. He's in the middle of speaking. He's in the middle of a sentence and just, like, freezes, and it gets very awkward. Watch. Bipartisan cooperation and a string of uh, uh. So those of you listening on audio podcast, I mean, he's just he's just frozen. His aides come up to him, ask if he's okay. Anything else you want to say? I'm sure it's go back to your office. Do you want to say anything else to the press? Go ahead, John. Let's go back to you. Go ahead, John. That's sure what it looks like. Perhaps a mini stroke. Uh, we're not sure, but he was asked later on in the press conference. So this is what's so weird to me. He walked away momentarily and then came back to the press conference um, where... Really, if something like that happens, you need to take him to a hospital. You need to take him to a doctor to get him checked out. And instead, they kept him standing up there at the press conference. And he was asked later on, um, what, what just happened up here? Is this related to the concussion that you suffered uh, last year? And then here's his response. Watch. Could you address what happened here at the start of the press conference? And was it related to your injury from earlier this year where you suffered a concussion? Is that a lot says I'm fine. Fine, you're fully able to yeah. do your job. Yeah. Mr. Lear, can I You're just fully able to do your job. He just says, "Yep." Clearly he is not fine. And I'm not a fan of when the left pretends like John Fetterman is up there understanding what's going on or Diane Feinstein or Joe Biden. I'm certainly not okay with Mitch McConnell being up there. Or Kamala. <laughs> no kidding. On, on a good day. Yeah, on a good day. <laughs> One of her good days. I, I like I, 
This is very, very troubling to me that these people are so old and they're just going to live out the rest of their, you know, uh, their days, maybe not even knowing what's going on, but still running the country and making decisions. Yeah, I don't I, I, it's, I feel sorry for him. I do, um, too. I, I feel sorry for a lot of the politicians. I mean, that, that's sad. It's right very there. sad, but retire. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I don't even know if when you get to that level. And I'm so skeptical about like deep state government and all that. You know me. Uh, I don't even know if he's the one calling the shots as far as far as whether he's going to retire or he's going to you know run run again. The establishment is so thick. They get leadership, uh, you know, that have been there for that long, that are in charge of multiple different committees. They have to keep them there. So of course they're pushing them. No, stay as long, stay as long as you can, stay as long as you can. I don't think there's one flaw to the Constitution that I see, and it's they did not include term mm-hmm. limits for. I, don't, I just don't think. I think they were so concentrated on one branch of government being too powerful. They never foresaw like a deep state type mm-hmm. you know, scenario where you would have all these different bureaucrats who are basically, you know, basically calling all the shots through the people that they're keeping in, you know, in power in government. I just don't think they even saw that. Yeah. Something though has to be done for this. It, yeah. it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's also senior abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've, I don't agree with Mitch McConnell's politics at all. But I do sympathize with him there because that is just sad. He doesn't need to be there anymore. It does. It, there is a pattern here, uh, as Sarah's pointing out. I think of choosing, and it's not just simply that guys like this are are out there and are you know are getting very old in office. It's that they're selected for you know that Biden has chosen to run. He's he's clearly yeah. mm-hmm. you know um, failing, but they know that. But that means he's more easily manipulated. It's so they can sock puppet these people yeah. and use them however they want to. And it's it, it seems to be a, a growing pattern on the left where you're well aware that this is the goal, is to have these kind of people in positions where they can just manipulate them to do whatever it is they want them to do. Yeah, what was it that uh, Diane Feinstein, just the other day, She it was a vote on banning something, insider trading, I don't know. But she literally, she was just, she voted the wrong way and she had to have an aide come over and correct her because she had voted, you know, I or whatever when she was supposed to vote nay and she had to go and-, and She voted pro-life. Yeah, yeah like, whoops, sorry about that. I definitely want to kill the babies. I, I want that to be clear on the record. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's the same thing with John Fetterman. Uh, it's like, I feel bad for the guy. Mm-hmm. I also don't think that it's right to keep putting vegetables up there and and pretending like they're running the country. Because as you guys point out, I do think it's a, a great point that they're clearly not calling the shots. Mitch McConnell is not calling the shots at this. Joe Biden is not calling the shots. Uh, Dianne Feinstein, clearly not calling the shots. But they don't care about that as long as they have someone who will sit up there and press the button that they're supposed to press. Yeah. Well, Biden himself, how many times has he said, you know, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. Yeah. I mean, there's there's these constant yeah. references to handlers, that he has handlers. We know that he has handlers. We know that these speeches are not speeches that he's written. And uh, so, yeah, I completely agree with with this idea that there are other people who are behind the scenes or controlling things. It's, just, it's, so, it's so painfully obvious, as you point out with Biden, because, yeah, he does say that out in public. I'm going to get in trouble mm-hmm. if I say yeah. this, or they won't let me talk about, the, you know, you know, talk mm-hmm. about this. He has, you know, pieces of paper with the people that he's supposed to call on. And, all and he they, sometimes reads it off of the teleprompter. Just yeah. reads it straight off. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's... Ron Burgundy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's especially sad uh, with Joe Biden. And I don't... Gosh, I, I don't, the crazier... One of the crazier things about it is the people that, I guess it's just how fractured our society is right now. There are people that clearly see this. They know it's an issue, but they're going to 
pumping out 70 million votes, 75 million votes or whatever, mm -hmm. when it comes to, in a head-to-head -head between Donald Trump, mm -hmm. just clearly because they want their side to win. Yeah. Th that's it. Right. They know that the guy they're voting for is not the guy that's going to be running the country. Right. They know this. Right. What's nuts also is that age is always, I, I, I'm old enough to remember like debates with Ronald Reagan back in the day, and they would throw his age out, because he was old too when he, was, when he was running for president, but he was so cognitively with it, he would turn it around in a joke, make everybody laugh. I knew Thomas and, Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> was like, I would never let my age, you know, be, you know, he was just always so good about it. Now, you can't have those conversations with Joe Biden, expect him to get through without his eyes bleeding, <laughs> or, or him just passing out yeah. at random. You know, it's just, it's not Falling. going to happen. It is painful to watch, though. Did you see that troop review that he did where yeah. someone is, just as you saw with Mitch McConnell right there, where someone is, you know, saying, to, do, do you want to keep speaking or would you like to go back to your office? In the troop review, someone is walking next to him and saying, now keep walking, keep walking, yeah. keep walking. Now you're going to stand on this axe mm -hmm. right here. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to turn around mm -hmm. and start, you know. It's, it's so painful to watch and it's so denigrating yeah. to the United States. Yeah, it really is. Um, all right, let's go ahead and we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. But we want to thank our sponsor, Tommy John. So um, Tommy John let me tell you, has really saved me this summer because um, I am, I get home and I want to be comfortable and it's also really hot. And Tommy John has loungewear. They've got for men, they've got uh, underwear, uh, loungewear. They've got the white t-shirts that you guys wear all the time. They've got all of it, but it's really, really lightweight. It's breathable, so you can wear it in the summer and not sweat your butt off. It has four times the stretch of competing brands, and it is like literally the softest thing I've ever put on my body. I never understood people talking about Tommy John. I was like, I don't understand how you can be that passionate about a t-shirt or about a pair of underwear um, for you men. And now I get it, okay, because I live in their loungewear at home, especially in the summer. It's amazing. They have over 20 million pairs sold, and they have uh, the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee. Might I suggest you go over to their website, get you something nice, get 20% off your first order right now over at TommyJohn.com slash Y. That is 20% off at TommyJohn.com slash Y. See site for details. The House Oversight Subcommittee on National Security heard testimony today from witnesses who uh, they accuse the Pentagon of a cover-up when it comes to UFOs. You have to wonder how much of this is like, hey, look over here so you don't talk about what's going on over here with Hunter Biden. I don't know, but there was a pretty explosive testimony, so I want to get your thoughts on it, you guys. Um, I want to play for you. I believe this is uh, David Grush, who is one of the whistleblowers who uh, used to work closely in this arena. And he was asked if the U United States government has recovered non-human entities from crashed UFOs. Here is that exchange. Watch. Intelligent extraterrestrials. Something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. <laughs> um, if you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness? Like, how would that be determined? 
the specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either... What agency, sub-agency, what contractors, who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Super, thank you. And I yield back. So, any takers? Is there life oh. out there? Did you catch the phrase, the, the um, what she said there? She said UAPs? Yes. UAPs, have you heard this before? They've changed it, it's now yes, unidentified. Uh, anomalous phenomena. phenomena. Yes, yes. Unidentified anomalous phenomena. Um, I guess it's no longer acceptable to say UFO, that has too much baggage to it, so now mm -hmm. they've, they've come up with this, this new phrase right here. What I think is funny is that he can't answer half the questions, but he does answer the million dollar question that these biologics were non-human, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then says, but I can't tell you anything else right. about that. I mean, if that's the case, which to be clear, I don't believe, I mean, unless it's a, a dog that, you know, they, that came back from some kind of Sputnik-like craft, um, or a monkey, why would, you, why, why would you answer that and then not answer all the other questions that are related to that? I, I, don't, I don't follow the logic of something like this. I do think it is weird that yes. you're like, you're a whistleblower. You're coming forward to be like, I have damning evidence. But I'm only kind of, kind of blowing the whistle. Right, but I won't, of... I won't tell you all the <laughs> evidence and details, just, just some of them. I'm whistling, I'm not actually using a whistle. <laughs> yeah, 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 Jason. People are split on this, whether this is all a giant psyop. Right. A distraction. Which it is. Which, which it could be. <laughs> um, or the timing something is else. The timing is, is, is very convenient. And I, don't, I, I was trying to remember the name of this documentary that I just watched. came out maybe like 10 years ago or something like well, that. Wag the dog. <laughs> it's similar. Um, but it's, it's, the, the documentary is about the government people that would go in to push a UFO narrative to hide uh, actual military projects that they were working on. And it, it's, it's very damning. Uh, there was one story about this guy that he lived close to an Air Force base and he, was, uh, and he observed crazy stuff above the Air Force base. So he called it in. He was like, thought he was being a good citizen. It's like, hey, I think there's UFOs. Well, they were actually hiding, I think, stealth technology at the time. Yeah. Mm. But they hired this counterintelligence Air Force agent to go, yeah, you're, you're doing your American job. Great job. Keep, keep seeing what else you can find. Eventually, they drove this guy to suicide, killed himself. Wow. Yeah, absolutely insane. Well, at the end of this documentary, they say, okay, that was bullcrap. We did do this stuff. But yes, we do have some evidence of unidentified flying objects. Again, you don't know if it's a psyop part, if he's still playing that role, or no. if there is something. So I don't know. He would, this, this whistleblower is legit. I followed him for a little while. Um, he was high up in mm -hmm. intelligence. I think actually worked with the DNI at some point. If you see a blown out portion of that uh, of shot, I don't, I don't think we have, but DNI Clapper is sitting just off on the left side of him on the camp uh, on, on, in the shot, mm -hmm. and on the right side is like the guy that's representing him was was like I think the assistant DNI or something like that. So he has legit people saying this guy is credible. I think that he's 
talking about, I think he's being honest. I think he's t telling him exactly what he has heard, maybe documents he has seen. The problem is with all of these cases is it's not firsthand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he, this is not firsthand knowledge to him. It's these guys told me, oh, they told me this is where they're located. It's always something like that, and around and around we go. But we're, but we're not going to reveal much in front of uh, the, the American people or the public here in order to hide it from whom? Um, the rest of the planet or from the aliens themselves? I mean, this just simply makes no sense to me. To me, this is all a big psyop. This is, this is the shiny object that is, that is being dangled to prevent us from asking the hard questions about Hunter Biden, uh, money laundering in Ukraine, mm -hmm. child trafficking, sex trafficking, um, all the, the corruption within the, uh, the Biden White House's own mental state of health, all of these things. It's just, it's just to me, it's just a big psyop. I, I, I won't go that far. I, I think that there is evidence of being a PSYOP, and I just described one mm -hmm. in the past, so there is evidence of that. Um, but I don't know, they always, there's always a little bit of truth in some of these things. There, are, there are unexplained things out there, I, I don't know. I, I, Okay, it's so funny, Jason, because aliens been, are real. That's why I've been dying for someone <laughs> to be to like fully believe, like, yes, aliens are real. I think they exist, um, and I've never had anyone. I mean, I had some. I had. I think it was Yaku and Chad Prather, um, and I was just like, all right, someone go down the rabbit hole and tell. And they're like, nah, they're just demons. I don't believe it. And I'm really? like, I just want someone to well, tell me that they well, think they're aliens out there. are real. He's, he's close. <laughs> Okay, so let me. He's I want to play. I want to play one more uh, uh, clip. One more quick clip of of what is it? Grush. 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 Uh, he was talking about people being physically harmed by alien beings. Um, and they have pictures of Bigfoot. I, uh... <laughs> Shut up, it, Larry. Okay, watch. At one point, you had said that there there there, there uh, has been harmful activity or aggressive activity. Has any of the activity um, been aggressive? Been um, hostile? in your reports? Uh, I know of multiple colleagues of mine that got physically injured. And uh, the activity, and I gotta- By, by UAPs or by, by people within the, the federal government? Both. Okay, so there has been activity by, by alien or non-human non technology and or beings that has caused harm to humans. Uh, I can't get into the specifics in a, an open environment. Why? I mean, come on. The activity the that I personally witnessed, and I have to be very careful here, because uh, you don't, you know, they tell you never to acknowledge tradecraft, right? So what I personally witnessed, myself and my wife, was very disturbing. Wife? Was, was it the anal probe? <laughs> I heard those hurt. I wouldn't know. I just heard that those hurt. Um, all right, so I, we don't know. Not if you wear Tommy John. <laughs> <laughs> when you wear Tommy John, even anal probes are comfortable. Well, go ahead, last my, word. My closing point on this yeah. is I, I, I think there is actual cases of alien life that have visited this planet. Mm -hmm. I, I think there is. I, maybe I'm too big of a sci-fi nerd. Maybe, it's anal probes. But I still believe it's the anal probes. But I, st I, I do believe that. But there is such a history of our government misleading with this information. It is impossible to tell yeah. what is real and what's not real. Yeah. Anymore. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and we got to take another quick break. We'll be back with more. But we want to thank this segment, our sponsor, Eden Pure. So Eden Pure has been a godsend in my house. They have this thunderstorm air purifier and um, it, it like eliminates any sort of odors. So... 
we've got a zoo in my house. I've got a prepubescent uh, boy. I've got a toddler with diapers. I've got cats. I've got dogs. I've got it all. And we also cook a lot of like cruciferous vegetables, which like you never want to cook. You cook Brussels sprouts and your whole kitchen smells like a fart, but not if you have the Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier. It starts working in seconds to clear a room of any odor. I'm talking any odor, cigarette smoke, litter box smells, all of it, and there's no costly fillers that you ever have to replace it with. It just uses this O3 technology uh, to go seek out and destroy any odor you got. I have multiple ones all in my house, okay? So um, make sure you go there. During this week, I've got a really great deal for you on your own thunderstorm. Right now, you can save $200 on three thunderstorms for whole home protection. Put them wherever you need them throughout your house. Three units for under $200. You can go to EdenPureDeals.com. Enter discount code Sarah. I spell that with no H. It's S-A-R-A over at EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Sarah. So Army veteran and Congressman Corey Mills of Florida is uh, now reporting, he's sounding the alarm after being notified that one of the 13 Gold Star families from the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan was forced to pay to move the body of their deceased loved ones. Um, He found he had a meeting with the families last week, and he said that uh, the family of Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole Gee was forced to pay $60,000 to move her body to its final resting place after her 2021 death in Afghanistan. Now, a nonprofit organization honoring our fallen ultimately stepped in to cover that cost, but it was the family's responsibility uh, up until that point. So according to Mills, the option for the Defense Department to decline to pay for transport of the body was made possible by an amendment to last year's NDAA, which states that the Secretary of Defense may provide a fallen service member's next of kin a commercial air travel use waiver for the transportation of deceased remains of a military member who dies inside a theater of combat operations is the language there. Um, and it's just, you know... Just to point out how disgusting this is, just to add to it, uh, Libs of TikTok actually posted this, this side-by-side comparison that you have the, um, the families forced to pay to ship the body of a Marine killed after Pentagon policy change. So the family has to pay that. The Pentagon doesn't want to spend the money on that. But the State Department does want to fund drag theater performances in Ecuador to promote diversity and inclusion. I know that chick. Yeah, that, I know. That was weird. Like, oh, that's me. I'm not. It doesn't have anything to do with that article, but we are discussing drag in one of my exposés. Um, but I mean, ju- that's just so disgusting. Twenty a twenty thousand dollar grant to promote drag theater performances in Ecuador, and you guys can't pay for a fallen soldier after you guys screwed up. It's disgusting to me. Yeah. So. And to clarify some things on that on that story, the, so the the military does transfer the bodies back to the United States. They transfer the bodies back to the theater of war, back to the United States. Usually, I think to the home location right. that they have listed. Um, then, as is typical, has been typical in the past, if you wanted to be buried in Arlington, in Arlington National, National, they would right. put the bill to send them to Arlington National right. Cemetery. Uh, this is what they, I guess, apparently are no longer doing. Right, because they wanted to have services. At, in their home where they're located and then ultimately get her body back to Arlington National Cemetery. So they held the services and then they were like, nah, that's, yeah. that's on you guys. Yeah. The, the, the ridiculous thing about, you know, being in the military, and I was in the military, as most people know, but 
you know, they treat you like you're a piece of property. Even uh, even the rights. And stamp everything that and, way. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and even the rights that most people have don't really apply to you, mm -hmm. which is one of the most craziest things I can remember talking about or thinking about when I was in the military. They have a different code of justice. You know, it's called the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And it is blatantly un-American. Absolutely. You are treated not like an American when you're in the military. My whole point is, is that they can tell a military person everything what to do you are their property you know uh, they control everything every single aspect of your life step out of that you're gonna go to jail the moment where you are deceased you are no longer their property they want to get rid of you they're not going to take care of you which is just absolutely disgusting mm -hmm. I mean how many we're already seeing record low numbers of people wanting to join the military there was just a study not too long or it was a Gallup poll of people that are proud to be an American all-time lows what was the age group from 18 to 40 or something like that, where, well, 10 years ago, it was like, or how many years ago, it was like 85, 90%. Now it was like 43% mm -hmm. or something like that. People don't have love for the country anymore. They don't want to join the military and fight for her anymore. Yeah. I mean, and just crap like this further seals the deal. It's, yeah, it's disgusting. It's, it's sad. Mary. Yeah, the, uh, the, the treatment of our veterans is, uh, is terrible, and it's been going on probably, I think you'd probably agree, most intensely since, say, the Clinton administration. Would you agree with that? Sure. And uh, just, you know, give you 100 and take back 99. And I'm, I, mm -hmm. I'm mindful when I hear a story like this. When my father died, he, he, uh, he retired from the Army, spent, uh, gosh, I think he was in uh, two wars. He was an airborne ranger. He dies on July 2nd, and the Army reaches into the bank account and pulls back out mm -hmm. uh, his pension, which mm -hmm. had gone in on, you know, on the 1st, but notified that he's dead, they took it straight back out. Wow. You know, and you're thinking, holy smokes, you know, here's, here's a faithful Army wife, you know, who had raised her boys, you know, was born at Fort Benning and was wow. at Fort Campbell and Fort Lewis and Fort Gordon and all these places. And they've reached into the account and I just thought, wow, how utterly petty. Mm. And, uh, but this is, the, this is the conduct these days of, um, you know, of our military, uh, the, the way uh, the military is treated, these administrations, while at the same time, um, leaving our borders open and leaving 85 plus billion dollars of state-of-the-art military hardware in Afghanistan, which will undoubtedly end up on the streets in Western Europe to be used in the next Charlie Hebdo-like attack. But that's another, that's another question. But I, I hear frequently from veterans um, how badly they're being mistreated and something needs to be done to address it. Yep. Mitch McConnell's not gonna do it, but. No kidding. No joke. Um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas testified today before the House Judiciary Committee and, uh, of course, faced questions about his handling of the border. Um, I would say in, this is a crisis and has been for quite some time now, but Mallorca says, no, 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 all is well. Uh, now, this hearing is just days after the DOJ sued Texas over its use of floating barriers in the Rio Grande, which Greg Abbott argued is obviously like, well, we're trying to deter 
illegal immigrants from crossing and you guys aren't helping us. So we just decided to do it. Now, I think you could argue that he isn't doing enough, maybe Greg Abbott, um, and maybe waited too long to do all of these tactics. But hey, you know what? Better late than never, I guess. But so Mayorkas, within this hearing, uh, said that our the their approach is working. And I want to play for you guys a, a moment. I just cannot believe that he had the nerve to say that the nation is safer because of DHS and their handling of the border, I guess. Watch. Americans are safer today on the border, in the air, at sea, across the country, and around the world because of the Department of Homeland Security. Really? So all the fentanyl that he's allowing to pour into our country that is killing uh, record amounts of Americans, it's like the, the leading cause of death for young people. Really? So you're telling me that you guys made us safer by allowing all of that to pour into the country. Do you think also that uh, the children that are being trafficked into the country, that are being raped dozens of times along the way, are they safer as well, Mayorkas? I'm, I'm curious. I don't think that you answered that one. Um, and I want to play for you guys one more clip here of Hank Johnson, who yes. I don't know, might be the dumbest person alive. I'm not quite oh, sure. I love him. Um, and he, he had a couple of crazy moments in this hearing. But one of them, <laughs> as we're talking about the United States border with Mexico and the crisis that we are facing with this, allowing strangers to pour into our country, he wants to make sure that you know that the nation's greatest threat is actually white nationalist ideology. Watch. But in reality, the greatest threat facing our homeland is white nationalist ideology that lies beneath such rhetoric. Experts agree that dangerous speech from elected officials creates a climate that foments Experts violence agree. and threatens mm. public safety. Experts agree. By the way, he also had a moment where he just started talking about Florida's uh, history curriculum in a hearing about the border. Still not sure why. He didn't claim that Guam might capsize again. So there's progress with old Hank. I love Hank Johnson. Uh, Do you? <laughs> yeah, he's Do gold. You? He's always gold. Well, what's crazy about this whole, I don't even know where to start with this, but you know, the, the, when he mentioned white nationalism as being you know, the whole, you know, the, the greatest threat ever right now, it's absolutely insane how you know, Marxist ideology has now completely taken over the left. Completely taken over the left. Mm -hmm. Only now it's not, you know, it's not a class type, you know, grievance. It's a race grievance. It's all the same crap, you know, like woke is, like James Lindsay is amazing on this. If you guys have seen some of his recent stuff, but he basically talking about how woke is now, if he, he, he mentions that Maoism was basically Marxist-Leninism with Chinese tendencies. Wokeism is... Maoism with American tendencies, but it's all the same crap. Mm -hmm. But this whole white nationalist stuff, they know this is not an issue, but they have to put somebody in the place of whatever class. The, they can't say bourgeois anymore because that doesn't fly. But now whatever class is now shifted to race, so it's like all the white people that are the oppressors now and everybody else is oppressed. Um, sorry, that's kind of on tangent, but that, that stuff just really pisses me yeah. off. And I don't even think Hank Johnson even knows this. He's just talk, just reading off I don't think Hank points. Johnson knows much, to be fair. I, dude, Sarah... Uh, uh, more on to this. You mentioned, uh, you know, all the all the, the, the drug issues. That I mean, just that right there. I just did that two two week motorcycle trip, and I very specifically went through like Indian reservations in the south, right along the border. Went through a lot of those small little towns. They are 
decimated. Rural America is decimated. And everyone I spoke to, I was like, what is the issue? They're like, well, we have rising crime because of all the rising drug issues right now. They're like, none of the kids want to work right now because they're all, they're all just doing drugs. And when they can't get their drugs, they're committing crime. And these are towns of like 2,000 people. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, they're they're doing they're they're committing the crimes in order to get the drugs. I mean, right. in order mm-hmm. to feed the drug habit. But you know, one of the things that my orcus says here that, that is just such a bald faced lie is Americans are safer. What exactly is their policy on the border? Is there any policy on the border? Well, the policy is keep it open. The policy is to keep it open, which clearly does not make us safer. And, and I mean, here we are in Texas. You know, I'm, I live a few states over, so we don't quite have the same problems that you have here. But the reality is that it's affecting, of course, all of America. And we know who the real white supremacists are, why when these people were sent to Martha's Vineyard, why they welcomed them with open arms, didn't they? And Obama opened his 12-bedroom house in order to house them all. Of course he didn't. They wanted to ship those Mm brown-skinned undesirables out immediately. This is the way these people think. But, you know, I'm kind of amazed... Uh, by several things here. I mean, first of all, let's talk about these floating balls, these giant orange ping pong balls that are, that are have, have, have you ever been in the Rio Grande? Mm. You live here in Texas. Yeah. I've, I've, I've swam across yeah. it and back and there's not much to it. You know, really, if you get in the right spot, it's easy to cross. I've, I've, I've done it a couple of times and I'm trying to look at these, you know, this, this, this string of balls and thinking, how is that going to stop anybody anyway? I mean, are they assuming that no one can actually swim underneath that? I don't know. But somehow this is deemed to be a lethal threat to people who are trying to get in to this country. This has to be removed. And they're also making the argument that it is an ecological danger. You know, this is, this is hurting the environment to have these orange balls floating out there in the water. It's absolutely astonishing to me because as you watch these clips, these guys are lying and they know they're lying. Mm -hmm. White supremacy, not the great threat. And a border policy, the border policy is to make you unsafer. We want you unsafer. We want your communities in turmoil because we benefit, we thrive in chaos. I um, you know, it's it's also been fascinating. I know we got to go to break, but it's been fascinating to watch uh, all of these sanctuary cities that they deem themselves. Oh, we're better than you. We're better than Republicans. So we're, yeah, we're sanctuary cities. We welcome all of you in. And now even Eric Adams is like, yeah, we're out of room. Yeah, you can't. The inn is closed. You can't come here. We're out of room because as it turns out, uh, I guess that isn't an effective policy. Just let them all in with open arms. What could possibly go wrong? So hmm, turns out that uh, they're actually out of room. All right. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. As we mentioned earlier, things are not going well in D.C. There are a lot of uh, old people who really should have retired probably 50 years ago. I want to play for you guys uh, Joe Biden saying that, um, well, there are 100 people who have died or over 100 people who have died from COVID. Watch. 
And there's still, we're still feeling the profound loss of the pandemic, as I mentioned, of over 100 people dead. Oh, no. That's 100 empty chairs around the kitchen table. <laughs> 100 empty chairs around the kitchen table? Wow. That's some kitchen table. <laughs> I, know, I knew that they had overcounted the COVID deaths, but man, that even surprises me. I want to play one more for you here of Joe Biden curiously claiming that he ended cancer, which I know was a really big platform of his, so congrats to him. Watch. If you could do anything at all, Joe, what would you do? I said I'd cure cancer. They looked at me like, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can. That's why, and we can. We ended cancer as we know it. We ended cancer as we know it. Did you guys know? That's big, if true. <laughs> That's very big. He, w w did you see that the actual like White House, you know? Transcript? You saw that? They changed it. Fixed it for him. Yeah, they fixed it. Uh, White House transcript team running uh, very, very large coverage for Joe Biden these days, Larry. Yes, and uh, I mean, listen, th this this is the octogenarian, how do you say it, octogenarian, excuse me, edition of the Sarah Gonzalez show because <laughs> we have had, we, we, we began with a guy who's fumbling along and doesn't really know what's going on and Mitch McConnell, and now yeah, here we are, we end with Joe Biden. Same thing. Uh, all right. I appreciate you being on, Larry. Everyone, make sure you follow him and check out his podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.